Blog Talk Radio. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Soul Scribe, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Thank you, Soul Scribe Queen, for being with us. We also have a couple of special guests on the line. But hello, Queen, if you can get a quick hello, and then we'll introduce our couple of special guests with us as well. Thank you for being with me again, Queen, for holding it down with us. Oh, no problem. It's a pleasure to be here always. Thank you for having me. All right, let's go ahead and get our guests introduced for this morning's discussion question. What do fathers teach their daughters about boys? As we have on returning guest, Jason Warner. How are you doing this morning, King? If you will, say hello to subscribe. We also have on uh, King Chuck Laney, good friend of mine, from uh, graduated with me from the Air Force Academy. We've known each other for a number of years. So y'all say hello to each other, and we'll start Back with Soul Scribe for his giving background, but if Will Jason say hello, and Chuck, you say hello to the True Seekers as well. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Queen. First, good morning, Kings. I appreciate it. This is a uh, like I always I always say this platform is much needed for our community, and I just appreciate the opportunity to uh, you know drop my three cents on the on the on the page and the, the platform every time I get an opportunity to. So good morning. Yeah, thank you. Now, thank you for being with us. CL School, as I call you, Chuck Laney. Just to throw that out there. I'm going to sneak it in there. We're a family show. So I'm going to tell them what I call you versus what they know you as. Go ahead, King. Hey, well, I appreciate it. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful morning. I'm absolutely uh, uh, excited to be able to uh, to be on with you all today and uh, and, and impart uh, uh, my three cents as well. Thank you for having me. I look forward to a uh, very productive and fruitful conversation today. 
Nah, absolutely. So proud for you being the queen. Yeah, absolutely. We'll let you give us a little bit of your background, and if all of you will, in reference to this morning's discussion question again, what do fathers teach their daughters about boys? You know, throw in a little bit of background and make sense for people to understand the perspective because, you know, I'm the only one without child here, so I'll be leaning heavy on all three of you in in reference to this morning's discussion. But if you will, subscribe, give whatever part of your background in addition to how it applies to this morning's discussion. Okay, um, so I'm a soul scribe and poet, um, spoken word artist in the community, um, activist, um, you know, a host, uh, do a number of things, mother of two, and um, work in the field of marketing, so, you know, I'm always doing something. But uh, I thought this morning's conversation um, was really interesting. I did comment on it, um, you know, unfortunately, um, a little bit of my background, um, you know, uh, parents weren't really there in my life, and um, kind of hard as a woman um, being raised without, I think, um, you know, the the presence of a father, it teaches you different things indirectly, um, and uh, it has a long-term effect on you when it comes to interacting with the um, male species, I would say. So um, I have I have interesting perspectives. I have never really seen what you said um, in the post. I have seen like mother, you know, father, daughter dances and things like that. Um, but mostly what I've seen is, um, you know, black women raising children, um, especially from my time period um, with the 70s and the war on drugs and the effects that that had on our community. So, um, you know, a little bit of perspective that I'd like to share this morning, but I think it's going to be a great conversation. Uh, absolutely. We welcome the Queen's perspective on all of our conversations with Chuck. Again, thank you for co-hosting with me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start with you, Chuck. So I think this may be your first time on the platform officially. I think you've called in before, but if you will, King, uh, you know, go ahead and add your background, uh, any that you'd like to give, as well as re- reference to this morning's discussion. Absolutely. You're right. It's the first time on this platform. I have called in before, but I uh, appreciate the invite, and I'm happy to uh, to uh, to share uh, the the little bit of uh, knowledge that I have. Um, I think uh, from my perspective, I've got three children. My oldest is a daughter. Um, she's a recent college graduate and uh, absolutely proud of everything that she has become as a young lady. And so I'm definitely happy to talk about that perspective. Um, I also am the only male in my generation. I've got nothing but sisters around me. Um, uh, four of my sisters are at least uh, 10 years younger than me, and so I do remember that there were times as a uh, 20-year-old I felt like as their quote-unquote big brother, I could uh, I could definitely impart some of that wisdom on them as well because I could give them a perspective of, of you know, just everything that I saw as a, as a male uh, dating, et cetera, and I feel like that in, in many instances that uh, definitely helped my sisters as well. So I'm definitely uh, uh, interested in excited about giving some perspective of uh, some of the conversations that my daughter and I have had and also some of those that my sisters and I have had uh, regarding the subject. Right, absolutely. And Jason, again, you know, continuous guest because you are one of those smart people we like to continue to bring on. So if you will, King, um, your background as well, and then and obviously reference to this morning's show as well. So uh, I am married, a father of four. I have two boys, two girls. Uh, we have a blended family. Um, my parents have been married for going on 43 years now, so I've seen marriages work. I've seen relationships work. Um, I did not have sisters growing up, um, but uh, I, I 
have strong relationship with with all of my children, um, and we try to do things individually for the girls as well as individually for the boys. I do father-daughter dances, all of those great things. Um, professionally, a background in marketing communications with a piece of technology IT, um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm just again happy, happy to be here. Uh, sounds good. So we got about a minute and a half before our first initial break, and we'll get hot and heavy into the discussion after that. So as I always start, if you will, let's make these very quick. Um, when you saw the discussion question or I asked you to be on the show, I want you to try to recall what was your first initial thought. Uh, and, Queen, we'll start back with you. Uh, so I think you may have already kind of mentioned it to a certain extent. But if you will, just <laughs> your initial thought when you saw the qu- discussion question for today. <clears throat> Well, my of course, my initial thought, I did post it on your page, started to delete it because I thought it was heavy, but just, you know, my perspective was, I know so many without a father that I think they're teaching them a lot of things, but indirectly because of their absence. That was, that was my initial thought. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I pegged you. Um, what was your initial thought when I said, hey, here's the question I need you to come on. What was your initial thought? My, the very first thing that popped into my head was is that a, a young lady who has a father that she's close to in her life doesn't have to substitute that relationship with some man on the street. That was the first thing that popped into my mind. And then the second okay. thing was uh, was, was simply that, uh, you know, uh, I, I look at my sisters, I look at my daughter, and although obviously they all have challenges and there are things that they're working on, but ultimately I think their self-confidence is something that that I hope I helped contribute to. I love it. Jason, first initial thought? First initial thought that I had was, uh, sorry about that, I'm in a store. First initial thought oh, you're good, that brother. I had was, Make it work. Was, was re reimagining what fatherhood to girls looks like. Um, and okay. with, I think there's a lot of myths. I think there's a lot of stereotypes but really being able to tell the story from perspective of, you know, there are some amazing father and daughter relationships and there's some challenges, but moving forward, we can continue to push a narrative of how to change those dynamics in our community. I love it. Well, we are up against the initial break. So what we'll do, we'll go to a quick break and we'll come back. Uh, We would definitely get into the discussion. Uh, We've got a little cool break here as well. In addition to a new sponsor, B champs. Um, so, again, I always appreciate the sponsorships and support of the the Turn of Intelligence Radio Mental Dialogue. We'll be right back. But well, all I ask is that you think. Did you know that 53% of violent crimes against individuals occur between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m.? That's over half during the daylight hours. What would you do if someone threatens you with a weapon? Don't get caught unprepared. Call your personal safety experts, B-Champs, for their street smart training. If you are a business owner, did you know that businesses are losing over $36 billion annually because their employees are victimized by violence? And over 80% of the violence takes place in parking lots and garages. In many instances, the perpetrator could have easily been warded off with B-Champs Street Smart Training. So whether you are a small private group or a large business, B-Champs offers a personal safety program to fit your needs. Contact them directly at 770 643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286. Or visit their website at 
www.champsllc.com. And it's amazing when you have a girl, you're, you're a man, you have a, a girl, an eye-opener. Because I realize I'm the man in her life. And my relationship with my daughter is going to affect her relationship with men for the rest of her life. And every man in here is dating a woman with some daddy issues. <laughs> that shit ain't fun, Okay. She giving you a hard time over some shit her daddy did in 1969, okay? That shit ain't never fucked. Sometimes I'm walking with my daughter, I'm talking to my daughter, I'm looking at her, I'm pushing her and stole her, and sometimes I pick her up and I just stare at her and I realize my only job in life is to keep her off the pole. Keep my baby off the pole. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Latoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Soul Scribe. This morning's discussion question, what do fathers teach their daughters about boys? Special guest Chuck Laney, as well as Jason Warner. Through a long time listening, you know I'm a big Chris Rock fan, so anytime I can pull out something from Chris Rock to relate to the show, I always do so. So I'll ask that official question, according to Chris Rock, gentlemen, as fathers, you, they, hey, the number one goal you got in life is to keep your baby off the phone, Chuck, any, any talks, uh, according to Chris <laughs> Rock. That's your number one goal in life. And it sounds like you may have Man, pulled it so, off with your, with your older daughter. So let me tell you something. First of all, I love that quote. That was my mantra when she was growing up. Um, but before I do that, I'm going I'm to segue real quick. You introduced my, uh, you, you introduced our old college nicknames. Since I got to be CL Smooth, I'm going to let everybody know that you're Smite T-Rock. And so T-Rock, what I'm going to tell you is uh, when we were living <laughs> when we were living in uh in in the DC area, the first time we were going into the city, we parked and, and got on the, on a metro uh on a metro train to go into the city. And we walk in, I think uh I think my daughter was nine at the time and the first thing she did she walked up to the metro train and she went and grabbed the bar in the middle of the train to hold on and get ready to go for uh, for for the uh for the trip and i immediately i look at it and i say oh whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa baby girl go ahead and come on sit down right here sit down right here we sit down we get on the metro train and so, <laughs> so she sits down you're not even and that's 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 you're not even gonna accidentally <laughs> exactly because she did kind of go and grab it with two hands and did a swing. And I'm like, oh, no, we're not doing that. So I sat her, I made her sit down, and there's this other brother on the train, and he sees me. He smiles and gives me a slow a soul clap. And I was like, that brother knew exactly what I was doing, and I felt like, okay, step one, I have kept her off the pole. So I, I just had to share that. You put Chris Rock on here, man, that's perfect, because that used to be my monster. <laughs> Uh, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Jason, any, any thoughts about Chris Rock saying that's your number one goal in life? It's like you say, you're still bringing up to. Man, I think I think that's every father's number one goal in life. You, you know, I think to 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 it's funny, but you want you want your your daughter to to one respect herself and don't feel like she has to use her body. Um, to to succeed in life, right? We live in a in a society where 
you know, it's very hypersexualized and different things like that. And, you know, I, I really, I man, I, I, I wouldn't want my daughter to be on the pole. <laughs> like, I don't think any father would want their daughter to be on the pole. Um, and I, I, I've even seen, had had women say to, say to me, well, you've been to a strip club before and this, that, and the third. At the same time, I don't want my daughter to be on the pole. I mean, I, I hey, think that's... Keeping it real. Number one, nah, we don't want our daughters on the pole. No, they're keeping it real. So subscribe. You are the the lady of the bunch. So you know, check us if we if we out of line over here. Check us if we out of line. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Queen. Any thoughts to these to these men saying, regardless of the fact that you know they said that he been seen a couple of women do their thing, but he don't want his daughter there. So so any thoughts? Are we you know are we out of line over here? Because that's the number one goal for a lot of men. I don't have one, but it will be my goal as well. <laughs> that's interesting that that is the. Uh that's the, one of the biggest goals because for me as a mother I have a three year old you know she and that's like the furthest thing from my mind <laughs> so, you know, many women think I've never even thought about that <laughs> see hey that's, see, that's, you know see, hey Hey, you, you might want to say like you might want to say like a man. <laughs> yeah, like you gonna have to add that. Man, you feel me? You go, you you gonna have yeah. to add that to your list of priorities for your three year old okay. <laughs> queen. You gonna have okay. to add that. Add that. <laughs> okay. Hey, you need a hey, right. unshameless you know. plug for for Steve Harvey. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. They actually are the same thing, but you know we are visual and we are uh, tactical, tactile, and 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 that is so that is so um, easy to understand when we say Jason and I say, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to keep her off the pole. But you're saying the same thing. We want her to respect herself. We want her to understand that she is very comfortable. She's beautiful, but she doesn't have to use her body for uh, uh, for the approval of a man. Yeah, All right, but yeah, trust me, so scribe, they worry about it way more than you do. I just, just I'm saying, I might be saying it, but the worry level, you know what I'm saying? Like the level, if you want to measure that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's extra stress on the man. That's all I'm saying. How many times I woke up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Y'all afraid you're going to walk now, into the wrong club one day, huh? Oh, yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. that would be no, painful. Don't do that to them. Don't do that. Don't do that to them. So you just, so you just gave them both nightmares. They're gonna wake up oh, and have nightmares I like, off that one statement. So, so right. But now on a serious note, let me do this. Let me do this on a serious note. I'm, I'm sorry. On a serious note, let me say this. So um, I'll have both of you answer this question. So obviously we've been a little facetious with it. Uh, but definitely respecting oneself we hope plays the role to, in a sense, avoid that. And, again, that's not to even disparage um, sisters that are there by choice, whatever the case may be. It's not what we're doing here. But, again, these fathers are just speaking the reality of, you know, hey, that's not where they want their daughter to end up. Um, Let's start the process, um, Chuck, if you will, um, 
in your mind, you know, I don't know if you've been posted before, but how do you, how did you, or how do you keep your daughter off the pole? If you want to, if you could just dab into that perspective, considering that is, again, obviously, again, we're being facetious, but on a, on a serious level, uh, what type of things you think, do you think help, uh, in a sense, help, you know, in a sense, your daughter avoid that career choice, if, if you will. Well, I thought I had uh, primarily two things that I had to do. <clears throat> First was to, to try to be an example, and obviously I'm not a perfect man. I'm not a perfect uh, father, but at the same time, one of my goals was to set an example of what a man should be so that way when she went in, in her subconscious mind, she had that example of how a man should treat a woman, and she saw that example through the way her father treated her mother and the way her father treated her and so I thought by uh, setting that example that that was the first thing that I could do. You know, so the example was hardworking, respectful, cautious, uh, cautious and courteous, those sorts of things. Because, of course, you know, how often do you hear people talk about they ended up dating or marrying their father or as a young man dating or marrying someone who's like their mother? And so if I could give that sort of example, maybe then that would be the first thing. The second thing that I thought was incredibly important is that I put into her um, the a, a true understanding of how valuable she is, whatever her traits are, whatever her strengths or weaknesses are, whatever the things that made her special were actually special and they were not problems. And for me, the best example of that is in, in many ways we're kind of polar opposites. She's a social butterfly and a creative person, and I'm – pretty much OCD and <laughs> and everything has its place in order is, is, is the case. But anytime we would have discussions about, say, something as simple as a school project, and she would say, I have no idea what I should do with this, what do you think? I would say something as simple as, and I know I've said this to her before, listen, you're the creative one. I have no idea what you should do here, but I know whatever you come up with is going to be amazing. And once you come up with that creative idea, I'm, I'm happy to help you figure out how to put that creative uh, idea into a, a, a format that's going to get you an A in the class. And so every time we would look at things and we would look at them differently, and she would somehow say, well, your perspective is this, and I would I would turn around and say, but your perspective is this, and it's valuable, and it makes sense, and you should go with your perspective because you're thinking out and you're perfectly intelligent, and I know you're going to do great. Now, that's beautiful. Um, we got a caller out there on the line, but, Jason, I want you to go ahead and jump in uh, as well before we let the caller know we'll get to you. If you're on the phone line and want to get in this morning, you do need to press 1, and I'll give out the number after this segment to those online. Go ahead, Jason. Any thoughts? On you know, in a sense, what was your how to to avoid that you know again that scenario that men are so afraid of when it comes to their daughter? Uh, well, how did you go about well, that? It, you know, I think I think part of it was being funny about that's my biggest fear because it's honestly not really my biggest fear because I, I feel like yeah, if, you, of course. if you guide you guide your children, especially your daughters, um, in a, in in a way that says, hey, you know, you're strong. You're intelligent. You you are you can do any and everything that you you attempt to do, and you have the family support and the village around you to 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 move forward. I don't think that's even the top ten things that are on their mind as an outlet, right. right? So you know, for 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 me, it's really being able to be able to support their dreams, their hopes, expose them to more. Uh, my oldest daughter is in Sweden right now. Um, with their with her yeah. grandmother, 
Um, you know, we take all our kids on vacations out of the state and out of the country every single year to expose them to different things. We we take them to volunteer experiences so they can see they, they can see opportunities that they would normally take for granted. Um, so you know, for for us, it's about being able to be the example um, and lead by example. They how how every every Friday I bring my wife flowers home. So nice. they get to see how that's treated. And I've done that since we've been since we were dating. So every week they know nice. I bring flowers and a bottle of wine. Um, they know you know that their their brothers are supposed to hold the door for them, even though. They can hold the door for themselves. My oldest daughter, she says, "No, I'm I'm going to hold hold the door. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z." But it's still showing how they can be treated and should be treated with respect. Not saying that they're less than anything, but that they should be put on a pedestal. Um, and that's how, for me, I I kind of try to push that narrative and push the envelope to a success successful upbringing for uh, my daughters and my sons. I love it. Uh, so, Scott, before we go to the caller, I'm very interested in um, just even hearing what both of these kings share in reference to um, the raising of their daughters. Um, again, you you know let us know in the beginning that was not your scenario growing up. So in listening to them even speak to some of the things they just said, um, my question to you would be how do you feel like had, you know, your father been around to do some of the things you just heard, um, can you imagine what, in a sense, what difference, even the things you've just heard, and we're going to go much deeper on the show, but things you just heard, can you imagine even what difference that might have made even in your own um, dealing with, you know, men and growing, you know, growing up, had your father done those things? What do you think about it? Right, right. Well, I definitely want to just applaud you, gentlemen. You sound like wonderful fathers, um, and it's it's great to hear those stories, just as, you know, I, we talk about the others, you know, there are a lot of men who are going above and beyond to take care of their children, as well as children that aren't even theirs. Um, like my, my, my uh, ex-husband, he takes care of my daughter, who isn't his, um, because he knows the, um, the impact that it will have on her for the rest of her life. Um, and uh, as me not having a you know a father around it definitely you know uh, did not I, I did not have a guide on how I should have been treated or you know what I should expect from men and so um, I won't say I've always had a hard time I was with my ex husband for 14 years so um, you know however you know even some of my trauma did you know spill over into that relationship. Um, but um, I would say that it definitely would have had a, a, a huge impact on me and who I am and the struggles that I've dealt with in interacting with men. So um, it is it is a necessary thing. It's a must. And, um, and I, I applaud you guys as well as those who step in to help out with, you know, these young ladies. And you're showing, you're showing them the example of what it's supposed to look like, not just to your daughters, but also your sons. And that's great. Uh, beautiful. Let's get to the caller. If you're on the line, press one to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. Again, that number is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. You will need to press one to let us know you want to speak. Area code four zero four one seven eight six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hello, everyone. This is Elise Davis from Lithonia. How y'all doing? Hey, how you doing, Queen? Thank you for being with us. 
Good morning. Um, good morning, good morning. Okay, so um, I was really intrigued by this question because um, as, as a woman that was once a young girl, I have officially made it out the gate, and I'm not on the poll, so props to my father on that. Um, Congratulations. You won. No, let me stop. I was really curious to, um, you know, how you guys, uh, the fathers that are on the line, um, not only are raising your daughters, but um, I was really curious as to like exactly what you taught or how you teach your children, your your daughters about boys. Um, because when I reflect on my upbringing, I was put heavily in the church, and so I guess that kept my focus off of boys. But I was never directly taught by my father, who was in the house all the time, um, about boys. The one thing he told me. Um, was when he revealed that I had a half-sister. He said, uh, oh, yeah, this, I'm 16 years old now. He's telling me and my brother in the car. He was like, yeah, y'all got a half-sister. She's in Missouri, da 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 This is what happens when you don't keep your pants on this. I mean, I'm like, what? what wow. What? Like, that, that's literally all I got, like, directly. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really curious as to, like, what exactly are you saying to your children regarding boys, regarding sex, regarding relationships. I'm so I'm super curious, especially because I'm a mother of four boys, so I'm on the opposite end. So um, please, I'm ready to hear and learn. <laughs> no, that's that's amazing. And we're, and we're, unfortunately, we're, we are right up against the break, so what we're going to do, we're going to keep you on the lease. We've got another caller who wants to get in as well. So I'm going to go to a very quick break. When I come back from the break, um, Jason, we'll actually start with you on this one. Um, to, you know, to answer her question specific, which is a great question to get into those specifics because, yeah, you know, that's what happens when you keep your pants on zip. There's not a pretty, that's not a real good lesson, I don't think, for a 60-year-old. So we'll we'll see if we can delve into that. Or if y'all had trouble with it, there's a lot of men. Some men have trouble with those conversations. So, you know, either way, we'll keep it real. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Ephraim's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases, and for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Ephraim Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, so, scribe, this morning's discussion question, what do fathers teach their daughters about boys? Special guests, Jason Warner and Chuck Laney. We also have caller Elise Queen on the line. She just asked a very specific question, and I'll just briefly say this, and Jason, you can take it over. Uh, I know quite often, at least what I've heard, and both of y'all 
you know, in a sense, raised your children or are either raising your children with, you know, in a sense, your wife, wife or wives at home. Um, I quite often hear that a lot of men will do kind of what y'all talked about prior to the break, kind of go through example and leave a lot of discussion to mothers. So was that the case with y'all? If I could kind of just add, but again, these are specific, a very good question by Elise, but Jason, I'll let you, uh, you know, tackle that. So, you know, my oldest daughter's 13 and my baby girl is eight. Um, So we haven't had a lot of discussion about boys and sex, but what we do, and this is what we do, like, so every Sunday um, I make waffles for the family. We have our Sunday morning um, breakfast, and we have, like, table discussion for everyone. We talk about things that are going on in life and the world, from politics to boys to girls to all of these different things at school. Um, we don't, we don't definitely, we don't particularly go to any institution or religious institution on Sundays, and this is where we have our, I guess, family worship every Sunday morning at the table. Um, and we talk a lot about uh, respecting yourself, um, and, and I think part of it they're hearing it through my oldest son, who's 15, a June, a sophomore in high school. Um, and we talk to him about some of the things that he sees on social media and the things he likes, but they all are there in the conversation. Um, you know, my 13-year-old, she hasn't really expressed that she likes boys or anything right now, or there is no real sexual conversation. She's still in that ill stage a little bit, um, but we know she's So you're so happy about this. School. You know you're so happy I, about I, this. But I know it's Anybody on this line would consider it inappropriate, but it was truthful. 
And so I thought that my role was to be as truthful uh, with them as possible. And in turn, I had to be open to listening to them talk about things as well. Um, I remember saying this to my sisters, and I remember saying this to my daughter as well. I said, I, did, I know there's no scenario that me as your father or as your older brother really wants to hear about you and a, and a boy. But at the same time, as one man in your life who you know will absolutely tell you the truth, who absolutely loves you and wants what's best for you, I would prefer that you feel comfortable to come and talk to me about it because I'll tell you the truth no matter what the question is. And so in doing that, I think, one, it opened channels. And then the next thing I felt like I did is I just was really blatantly honest about what boys. And I said, I can speak from my experience. I've been in lots of locker rooms. I've got lots of male friends. And for the most part, all guys are after one thing. And it's and, and if you understand that and you take that into consideration, now let's think about the rest of it. And I remember one of the things that I, I, I told her is that, you know, um, it may not ever work out, but uh, one thing that you can tell is that a, a man cares for you, for you because he'll never pressure you into doing anything that you don't want to do. Um, he may still want to have sex, but if you're saying you're not ready, he, a man who cares about you is going to respect that. And he'll never force you to try to or try to convince you to do something you don't want to do. And uh, those type of open and frank conversations, I feel like, uh, um, helped them to then be open and frank with me. Um, and the second part of it is, is in, in opening that line of communication, then I had to expect it back. And, I, and I've got a, a real quick example. Uh, we were at a, uh, it was like a sporting event, maybe having like a barbecue. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, off in the distance, I saw that there were these two, uh, teenage boys who were running gassers up and down these hills and the boys had their shirts off and one of these dudes I even noticed that this dude was stacked I'm like dang that, that brother's big right I noticed it and I'm very secure in my manhood so I'm like okay of course everybody else notices it too yeah when my daughter kind of caught his eye and or, or she, he caught her eye and, and she says mm, dad look at that like I turned around I'm like nobody wants to hear that from their daughter but guess what the fact that she felt comfortable <laughs> The fact wow, that she felt wow. comfortable. That's a whole other level of open. <laughs> exactly. But listen, but yeah. the fact that she the fact that she felt comfortable saying something like that to her father means that she's also not running and chasing after that either. Because it's it's not it's not like it's taboo. It's like, yeah, he's handsome, all right, whatever. You know you need more than a man uh, out of a man than just him being handsome. And she knows that. She can have that comment with her father. We can laugh about it. I can tell her how much I don't want to hear it and then we go about our day as the first as opposed to it being some sort of uh forbidden fruits and, and, and something that she can't share with her father. And so I I always felt like that, that was the way I had to approach it because um, if we think back to our youth and we think about all the young ladies who were running around and we saw running around, a lot of times they had overprotective fathers that they couldn't talk to. And so they were looking for that connection, that relationship through somebody else. And so if she can have it with you, then she's not going to be running around chasing that uh, elsewhere. And we Man, saw that in college quick, too, you know, specifically. Oh, no, go ahead, Jay. Please go ahead. And that's probably the best thing that we should forget the poll, forget anything. We should be focused on being able to create a line of communication for our girls mm-hmm. um, specifically and feel comfortable coming to us to talk about anything. And even to that, like, you know, sometimes daughters fear talking to their father about situations because they think they're 
their dad is going to go and kill this boy because something was said, and they never say anything. So we have to be able to, you know, that hit me so hard when you just said that, but we have to be comfortable or make the space comfortable for our girls to be able to come to us and not fear that we're going to go off the deep end, we're going to do anything but to really look at solutions um, to their problems or just to be a listening ear. Now, those are strong because no, I, I was totally, saying. Totally oh, no, please, go ahead. No, absolutely. Oh, I, um, I, I yeah, was just saying, I totally agree with that. Oh, mm-hmm. no, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. No, absolutely. That's good. Yeah, we definitely, like I said, Queen, we, we got to, you know, keep us in line, make sure we all on the right path. Because I would just say, um, speaking to the, to the same thing that Chuck is speaking to, you know, again, we went to college together. And, you know, I know you and I both can recall the very, those very women, sisters included, you know, not always sisters, but at the same time, the very women who we knew was overprotected because. They, they, this, this, their freshman year was such an open thing. Like I've never been exposed to this, and because they never had that open line of communication, they were really open to having sex. Let's just call it what it was. Quite often, and we, we, and it wasn't. I mean, they weren't the only ones, but it, they stood out. I'm pretty sure you can recall that at least from my freshman year. I'm assuming Jason, wherever you went to school at, that may have been a similar thing. But those overprotected, not all. I'm not saying every one of them. I'm not saying that, but the overprotected never have been able to have an open conversation. Definitely played a role in what I would, you know, if we want to use this term, some of the looseness that some, you know, some of the, again, that's not everybody's scenario, but I definitely recall you know, that being the issue. One other thing I would like to mention, too, before we go, um, get back to you, Elise, um, Chuck, I remember specifically you were very concerned about your younger sisters, you know, again, us coming up together. And I remember you and I, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but you and I specifically, because of your concern for your sisters and, you know, how, what role you could play based on, you know, you being a bigger brother, I remember specifically having a conversation um, saying to you that keep that line of communication open, and I said, because ultimately, the person you learn the most from is the person who makes you uncomfortable about, uncomfortable about the conversations when you're young. And I knew that from my own life experiences based on something that happened to us at the academy amongst our friends. It was just hearing every, you know, when we had this one conversation one time, where we, I don't know why we just opened up and kind of talked about our own experiences, but I realized how much of an effect my mother had had on me that day based on the things, you know, some of y'all, you know, not necessarily you, but some of the other fellows were saying, and I realized, wow, I didn't realize, I never, I, I, I told you this, I told you I said, my mother would have these conversations with me and I would never say a word back. But that day in that room made me realize how much I took it in. And I gave you that same recommendation with your sisters. I say, be that person who speaks to them because you will have the biggest influence because most people are afraid to have that conversation. We even did a show once that says, what do you what do? Um, what do you say to children about sex? We had that show. Nobody called in, and it let me know society quite often is still afraid to have that conversation. So I know we said a lot, at least, but I want you to get your, you know, last uh, thought in about what you've heard, or hopefully we answered some of your questions. I do have another caller, but, I, I, again, we, you know, again, we said a lot, but I want to get your um, last thoughts on what you just heard from the, from um, both of our fathers. Austin, can you hear me okay? Yeah, but you're still coming through clear. Go ahead, Queen. I, I really appreciate it um, because as a as a parent, as a, as a mother, I do realize I need to make sure I am more 
open and non-judgmental when I'm speaking with my sons when it comes to girls and, and sex and things of that nature um, to make sure, like, uh, I forgot which, uh, which of you said it, um, that they know I'm not going to go off the deep end and flip out or what have you, but to make sure they're comfortable enough uh, to know that they can not only talk to me about anything, um, but they'll know that I'm going to tell them the truth. As much as I don't want to hear it, that I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to keep it real with them. Um, and then also share some insights as a woman, as a female, as, as a girl, quote, unquote. So um, this has been very enlightening. So thank you guys for your input. I've learned a lot, and I'm, I'm really appreciative of this show. So thank you. No, thank you for the, for your call. And I, we got to we'll get another quick break. So we'll get the uh, three zero two um, nine four six. We'll get to you coming out of the break. Um, I'll say this going into the break. Um, again, this is to kind of even give my mother props. Again, it was talking about fathers, you know, to daughters, but to even just throw this out. Um, but uh, you know, as Elise was just alluding to, um, just being more open and honest and that kind of thing. Um, at least made the idea of not going off the deep end. Well, my mother first found out that I was involved, you know, getting involved with sex. She did go off the deep end. Then she calmed it down and became that calming voice. Again, I didn't say a lot, but I took it all in. So uh, definitely great point in the in the sense of going off the deep end because if you're going to be that parent, you know, you have you have the risk that they go out there and experiment without any input from the best person who could give it to them. So great thoughts from all of you. Let me go to um, this next break, and we'll get to the caller as well coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Oh, how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies' gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. If you got girls, so you got to watch out, you might have to hurt somebody. Yeah. Your boys, you worried about hurting somebody. Yeah. You, you worry your boys are going to hurt somebody. You scared somebody's going to hurt your girls. You know, all this domestic abuse. Yeah. Now, <laughs> my daughter Lola, right? Uh-huh. You know, she's amazing, right? She, she, she trick-or-treats for UNICEF. She, she volunteers at the old folks' home. She's amazing. If Lola came home and told me a guy hit her, I would get my gun <laughs> and shoot the guy. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't even ask questions. I would put DNA on the bullet 
to make sure everybody knows I did it. I did it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> There's no question about There's it. No question. I did that. I, question, right? I did that, yeah. Now, Zara. Yeah. If somebody hit Zara, mm-hmm. I will go, what happened? Because <laughs> Zara's a different child. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm no. just saying, Zara's not as nice as Lola. <laughs> people, right? You can't go shooting people because Zara told you something. <laughs> Different, they're different children. They're different children. That's what I'm trying to I say. I understand. I understand. You got two this. kids. They look alike, but they're different, different children. Different children. Okay, good. That's yeah, good. I always man. know this stuff. Would... Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. This morning, discussion question: What do fathers teach their daughters about boys? I am your host, Montoya Smith, aka Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Soul Scribe. Special guest on the line, Chuck Lady and Jason Warners. We hear again another funny cut from Chris Rock actually on the Jimmy Fallon show. Uh, we definitely need to move, in my opinion, the discussion in that direction, but we do have another caller, so let's see what the caller has and we'll come back to the cut. Area code 302, last three, nine, four, six. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Going once, three zero two, last three, nine four six. All right, they actually just dropped, so maybe they didn't want to get in. All right, so let's start. Let's, yeah, let's. Matter of fact, Queen, we'll start with you. Just hearing um, what you just heard from Chris Rock, obviously was making, you know, kind of a, a, a do of it, but this is a very serious issue um, that again we have to contend with with our queens in general. Um, you know, well, obviously, but when you have fathers on the line, this is obviously um, kind of as Chris Rock said. Um, you worry about your boys hurting others, but you worry about people hurting your daughters. So I'm actually, you know, get the get your your perspective on that cut uh, first and foremost, if you will, Queen. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I would say that I worry about both. I have a little I have a little girl, and then I have an 11 year old son. Um, you know, I worry about him. You know, just as much as pretty, you know, equivalent for me because he's a little he's not as aggressive of as, as you know most most of little boys are so you know i you know i'll try to consider his you know, his feelings and talk to him and you know communicate with him you know and um I, you know i just would say that it's pretty you know i know that there these days times have changed and that you know young girls can be just as rough and you know there's so many you know, uh, different types of people out there, all kinds of people. I just try to teach him about, you know, not, you know, being hurt and, you know, not letting anyone hurt him or talk to him crazy. Because sometimes women, women do that too, especially those, you know, with daddy issues, (laughs) you know? So, you know, they, they can be pretty ruthless and heartless. And these, it seems like these days that times of, you know, you've probably heard have flipped where the women are more aggressive and, and the guys are more, you know, sensitive, um, just just in today's society. Um, so, you know, I I don't know. I would say I worry I worry about him <laughs> almost a little bit more sometimes when it you know comes wow. to you know mm-hmm. him being okay because it's it's rough. Things have changed. If you listen to the music, you look at the culture, television. Um, so many people. You know, you have so many people. And I guess we, we had a show about this, you know, narcissism and, and the way, you know, people treat each other and everyone's a me, me, me society. And it's just, it's, times have changed so much that you just have to worry about all your children almost as equivalent, you know, for me. So. 
No, fair enough. And what you, what you bring up, and I want to hear both both um, both our kings speak to this because what you're bringing up right now uh, is something. Again, I don't have children, but I've always said this is something that I would if really push for my daughter to understand. And Solskjaer just mentioned the idea of how, you know, even today, you know, how women might speak to her son and how that could be an issue if she tries to prepare him for that. And so one thing I've always said that I wanted to input specifically in my daughter, and I say specifically in my daughter due to kind of what Chris Rock alluded to, the idea of maybe, you know, a guy being relatively in general, more physical than women, not always the case, but because that's kind of how we see the world and typically, you know, in a sense, in general is the case, men can be more physical. And so I've always known that, one, at least in my opinion, one of the most important things I wanted to input in my future daughter is the idea of be careful on how you speak to a man, and that's due to our relatively fragile egos when it comes to the mm-hmm. need for respect. And the reason I've always wanted to ensure I instill that in my daughter is for the the idea of, while, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Chuck's boys and Jason's boys, if she's dealing with them, if I, again, if I had, you know, a daughter their age, you know, their children, their son's age, then, you know, again, I don't want her speaking negatively or, real, you know, real down on the guy anyway, but... I'm pretty sure their sons are raised with the idea that they don't put their hands on their daughters. But for that guy who doesn't know that or who the guy who, who who will respond in a physical way, I want my daughter to understand if a conversation gets verbal to the extent that not only may she, you know, again, arguments do happen in relationships, uh, but that I want her to understand there are certain lines she should not cross due to, our ego. That's something that I've always wanted to put input into my daughter. Jason, um, any thoughts on that? Because I do feel like Soul Scribe said the way things are now culturally without having enough fathers, that's something that has been lost on this generation. I experienced it in my apartment complex. It blows my mind to hear the back and forth sometimes when arguments get loud enough for me to hear them outside my door. And I'm blown away by how they talk to each other uh, you know, to to say the least. Uh, but any thoughts on that input for your, you know, your daughter as they're coming of age? You know, it's, it, I, I thought about the uh, the conversation we had at the live experience, um, talking about you know treating mm-hmm. treating women and um, and that that really triggered to to that. And you know, I also agree we have to teach um, young women and young men, um, but young women specifically because. Historically, you're taught that you know a man is not supposed to you know strike a woman anything, and that's and that's and that's very true. But they're never taught that your words matter, and how you try to emasculate a person and to 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 press that button that you know is there because in the back of your mind you know my daddy or my uncle said if a boy ever hits you they're gonna take care of them. So we have to start teaching, just like we have to teach boys not to, to touch inappropriately and not to, 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 to um, violate a woman in any type of way. We have to teach our young girls that you cannot talk to a person to dehumanize them and not respect them to react. You also have to teach 
everyone to keep their hands to themselves. Because there, mm-hmm. I, I had an experience in college where a girlfriend of mine, she thought that it was okay just to slap me because she didn't like what I said or I didn't agree with her. And, I, like, literally the relationship ended that first day because I'm like, I don't put my hands on you. You don't put my, your hands on me. And, right. you know, I don't know what you were taught, but I don't do this put hands on people situation. And I and for those that don't know me, I'm a very large guy, six foot six, two hundred fifty five pounds. And she is she was a very small woman. She was like five four, a buck twenty. And you know, for me, I said this is not something that you do. She was like, well, you're not gonna hit me back, and I'm not. I'm not. However, someone would. So we have to be able to teach our children that there are ways to react. Um, I, I sat in a, uh, a feminist group conversation, and they were talking about instead of teaching women to wear appropriate clothing and different things like that, we need to teach boys not to, to take advantage of those situations and not to do these things. Equally, I believe that we also need to teach, you know, both sides how to engage each other. And specifically, I talk to my daughters about, no, yes, daddy, your brother's got your back but don't put yourself in a situation where you cause the reaction because every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So don't put yourself in a situation where you are the, the instigator of the action because everyone will respond differently. So you have a responsibility as a, a, a young lady to, to act accordingly as well as that young man has the, the responsibility to respond accordingly. Chuck, any thoughts on that? Yeah, just real quick, I will add one thing. I think ultimately what we're talking about is just simply teaching people respect. It doesn't matter, male, female, fathers, uh, mothers, daughters, sons, that if you literally are teaching respect, I like Jason's point, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So if you're giving respect, you're going to receive respect in return. And then the only other thing you add to that is when you realize that someone doesn't, uh, it doesn't have that same level of respect or, or uh, ability to, 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 to govern their, their words and their actions, then you just remove yourself. So Brother Jason King Jason talking about she put her hands on you and and you probably didn't even feel that being that you were three times bigger than that lady but she put her hands on you and you're like I'm done and 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 that's exactly what we should be teaching them respect and when you see that they don't respect you you're done with them. Please go ahead, please go ahead. So, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it is definitely about healthy communication, you know, a lot, but, you know, unfortunately, it depends, that comes from the household. You know, you learn how to treat people, how to talk to people by watching your parents. Mm-hmm. And so we have to set the example at home, what does healthy communication look like? Even if we're having a disagreement, what does that look like? No, absolutely. I, I've been in a yeah, absolutely. I've been in the same similar situation. Jason, you know, sister, you know, put her hands. Um, we've made it past that day, but the next time was just basically something that was said. You know what I mean? And so it was kind of like we got past that day. Something else was said, and we couldn't get past it again because I saw that she was willing to cross that line. And 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 generally speaking, um, you know, for myself and 
kings in my circle, that's kind of how, you know, how it's going to be handled. Because the reality is, you know, is, is even though that is obviously a sticky situation, the reality is there are plenty of long-term relationships that have survived, a, you know, a one-time incident. And I may have liked to have survived my one-time incidents, but, again, once I saw that she would continue to cross the line verbally, I knew that it was a situation I had to, you know, I needed to remove myself from. And so, yes, boys and girls need to be taught to remove themselves from someone like Soulscribe just said, if they have that background where that's not normal or they, or I should say they, they've normalized that type of dysfunctional communication, then we definitely have to teach our own to remove themselves. That is always the pro- pro- proper response while those who don't know will continue to stay in those volatile situations and fight for those situations. Because unfortunately the reality is they quite often don't know any better. And that's definitely, uh, you know, the state that, that we see. Uh, and, and I think is uh, somewhat prevalent um, in the community in the sense that we don't, that we know as a community, we don't have enough um, two parent home structures to, to teach better, if that makes sense. And again, it's not, that's not the only place that can be taught. Obviously, so scrub, you're having to teach it, like say, teach your son how to deal with it, knowing that, as you said, anybody can cross the line. And so he has to be protected as well. So again, it's not just that situation, but it definitely helps when we have more examples like a Jason, like a Chuck, um, to help um, show the next generation the way. Well, we are up against the top of the hour break. I have a pretty, you know, we play music for the top of the hour. So this song is um, by Nas called Daughter. So we'll we'll listen to a couple of um, verses of it and um, would be interested in hearing all of you take on anything that stands out in this song um, from Nas as well. So any, you know, listeners that want to get in, you do need to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. Check it out. I call it. Yeah. 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 For my brothers with daughters, I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I saw my daughter send a letter to some boy her age who locked up. First I regretted it, then caught my rage. Like, how could I not protect her from this awful thing? Never tried to hide who I was, she was taught and raised. Like, a princess, but while I'm on stage, I can't leave her defenseless. Plus, she see me switching women, poppers off her hips. She heard stories of her daddy thugging. So if her husband is a gangster, can't be mad, I love her. Never for her, I want better. Homie in jail, dead dad. Wait till he come home, you can see where his head's at. Got game, they be trying to live He's seen your mama crib Plus I'm sure he know who your father is Although you real, plus an honest kid Don't think I'm slow, I know you probably had that chronic lid You 17, I got a problem with it She look at me like I'm not the cleanest father figure But she rockin' with it For my brothers with daughters, I call it For my brothers with daughters, I call it Not saying that our sons are less important For my brothers with daughters, I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I call it. Not saying that our sons are less important. 
This morning I got a call, nearly split my wig. The social network said, now nah, go and get your kids. She's on Twitter. I know she ain't gonna post no pics of herself underdressed. No inappropriate right. Her mother cried when she asked. Said she don't know what got inside this child's mind. She planted a box of condoms on her dresser. Then she Instagrammed it. At this point, I realized I ain't the strictest parent. I'm too loose. I'm too cool with her. Should have drove more time to school with her. I thought I dropped enough jewels on her. Took her from private school so she can get a balance to public school. They two nurture team talent. They grow fast. One day, she's your little princess. Next day, she's talking boy business. What is this? They say the coolest players and salads, heartbreakers in the world. God gets us back. He makes us have precious little girls. Uh, for my brothers with daughters, I call it. For my brothers with daughters, I call it. Not saying that our sons are less important. Uh, 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 uh. For my brothers. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with co-host Soul Squad. What do fathers teach their daughters about boys? We hear an amazing song by Nas, and uh, it made me think of UCL Smooth. I threw out that name because, you know, you didn't get the name You didn't get the name for no reason, brother. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. We are way too grown for that. <laughs> Hey, 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 you get the right name for no reason. And I think it's only appropriate that, you know, you, myself, Jason, we get into uh, the things that we do understand about boys that that can help our daughters. Because we know ourselves, as you said, you know, like you've been in locker rooms. And obviously, uh, we uh, you becoming fathers, I'm pretty sure it changes, you know, getting married and becoming fathers changes some of you, quote unquote, your boys' ways, but I heard one thing I heard in the in that cut um, was the the aspect of you know when she comes of age, and if a father was a player, now says God gets you back by giving your daughters, and so any thoughts in 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 lieu of that verse and again you didn't get the dang cl smooth for no reason so how does that play out how are you able to help your your oldest daughter navigate the world knowing what you knew as a man if that makes sense well i think that was specifically it so when we talked earlier we talked about the fact that you know i just felt like i just had to be open and honest and if i was open and honest um and 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 told her you know the 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 real experiences um the real expectations what i see in the folks around me then she's not going to get duped she's not going to get tricked it's not going to be a surprise and then she can as an intelligent young confident young lady can make decisions with a uh, from a point of understanding because she got it from someone that she knows absolutely loves her and cares about her and is only going to do what try to do what's best for her. So when I when I listened to uh to to Nas's song, I, I thought two things. I thought you know again back to the example he talked about the fact he wasn't you know obviously he did he did things also but it sounded like he was also saying I haven't been the 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 best example as a father which was the issue and so when you are uh try to be that example and then you try to be that open sounding board then that's how you prepare them for what the world's going to do and how the world's going to treat them uh, one of my favorite uh 
one of my favorite uh, stories that my daughter told me that made me think, okay, she completely gets it, is her first week in college. She's walking, uh, she's walking to her dorm room or maybe to a class, and some, some dude spots her from across the way, likes what he sees, and he comes running, sprinting over to her, and he says that he's a photographer, and he's, uh, and he's putting together a calendar with, uh, with women on it that's going to promote positivity. And her response to him was, well, I'm a pessimist, so I'm the wrong person for your calendar, and walked on. And at that point, I said, I said all right. Proud I did daddy it. moment. Proud, <laughs> Proud daddy, daddy moment. moment. Proud daddy moment. When she told me that story, I said, all right, girl, go ahead on. And, but, but that's we just trying to prepare them for when they're out there and all the game that's going to happen. Jason? Sorry about that. I was on mute. Um, No problem. Yeah, you good. No, you good, King. I was on mute. You know, I think part of it is, and it goes kind of back to King Chuck. Um, You know, it's it's you set that example, right? Um, One of the things that I was always told um, growing up is like, man, Jason, you're so nice. You have all a whole lot of female friends, and I did. Um, I had a lot of female friends. But I always believed in respect, right? I always believed in not getting caught up in any foolishness. Um, so I honestly never really worried about if I had daughters, if I had sons, or what have you, because it's you do the right thing, and the right things come back, even though you have challenges in your life. So I'm not going to say Jason was the perfect guy growing up, uh, perfect guy in college, or what have you but I always enter every situation in respect. Even when I dated multiple people, I told multiple people at the same time, I'm dating not only you, right? Um, if you don't like this situation, the door is open. Um, even hindsight looking at that, it may have been uh, manipulative because I knew that they were they understood that, you know, if I was open and honest, they may want to stay in that situation. But I still was up front. I was up front, and I think that we have to be able to go back to that keyword respect, create respectful situations, respectful relationships, and and continue to push that narrative and show people how, by example, how to continue to do that. But I've never been worried that like some karma was going to get back to me because <laughs> I, I I can sit there and say I have not done people dirty. Now, fair enough. The caller, if you want to get on, you have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. If you're online, the number is 646-787-1691. Again, that number is 646-787-1691. If you want to get in on the call, you do need to press 1. So, before you jump in, let me say this about what Jason just talked about, because, again, this is mental dialogue. I want to go deeper than where we're going. And so... Like yourself, Jason, as a matter of fact, I put up a post this morning, early this morning, and it made me think of this show, and it's just, again, I, I, I set up a lot of posts well in advance, and it just so happened it was time for this post. But no surprise, the universe kind of lines things up, um, you know, as you're doing things, right? And so this post, it was time for this post, and it somewhat was somewhat related to this show, but it's, it's, it is based on what you just talk, t- talked about. So the post I put up on Instagram this morning said um, something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, if 
you can tell the truth and still get the pussy. Like that's the post again. We push the envelope on envelope on envelope on Mr. Dialogue, right? So I put, you know, what I'm saying I'm like, wow, perfect timing. Like I, it was just the time for that preach, post based on how preach, I line them up. Yeah, preach, I had no idea, right? But well, here's the thing. But let me talk about that though. Let me talk about that because a couple of our friends, CL, put me in check on that because see, I think you could attest to this. You know, in, in us becoming friends. It, it, all of us brought different things to the table based on where we were from and certain aspects about our personality. And, and I think you would say this, and I know other friends have said it, but if there's anything I brought to the table was how to be directly honest at all times, even amongst us. Like that's man, like painfully honest. Man, you were cutting fools being so honest, yes. Yes. So in me mm. being painfully honest, <laughs> I wore it as a badge of honor and again, maybe you probably didn't to this extent, Jason, but I'll say I learned at eighteen the very thing I just the post I just put it. I don't I can tell the truth and still get the push. I'm saying that that way because as y'all said earlier in the show, that's what boys are about, right? And that's what you are sharing with your daughters. Like at that age, that's what they're about. I agree with you, C L when you said but the guy who loves your daughter or has the correct proper respect will respect her saying, that's not what I want to do. Those who don't respect it will continue to push. So I great advice earlier with that. But now I want to take this thing a lot deeper. And so like yourself, Jason, I was in college. I, I messed around. Last time I lied to a young lady was a girl I was dating. First girl I dated when I went out to, I went to, Chuck, we went to a military school. It was at the prep school. And so uh, she was my girlfriend, and I broke up with her because I was ready to start seeing other ladies or whatever. But I get, I told her a story on why I was breaking up with her, and really I just wanted to see other people. Um, and, you know, she never found out, but it bothered me to the extent that me hurting her saying, you know what, I'm never going to lie to a woman again. And so at that point, I started being honest about my intentions, and lo and behold, I could still get the pussy. I'm saying this to say I continue to move that way, as Chuck said, painfully honest throughout my time in college to the extent that a couple of our friends, Chuck, had to check me one time because what I said to them, I was, you know, again, we used to, you know, kind of hold each other accountable. So what I said to a couple of our friends, I said, you know, I know y'all got y'all girlfriends, but, you know, you know, guys would kind of dip and do their thing. And I said to them, I said, I said, well, you know, why y'all dip? Why y'all dip out on them? You know what I mean? You know, from time to time, even though you got a, a relationship. I'm just kind of testing, testing the water with them, saying, hey, you know, where are you at with that? Why you do that? Those same brothers turn around and check me and say, Smitty, as you said, that's my nickname, Smitty Rock. They said, Smitty. They said, they, they say, you think what you're doing is better? And I'm thinking, what the heck are you talking about? I'm at least being mm-hmm. honest. I'm up front with my girls. What are y'all talking about? They know I date others mm-hmm. and, like, Jason said, somewhat manipulative because because I like yourself, Jason, I still respected women when I was dealing with them one on one. So due to the respect, quite often they would only see me. I wasn't looking for that. I was okay with them seeing other people, but generally speaking, the manipulation is it would consistently be that they would only see me and they knew I was free to see others. So these brothers said to me, You think what you're doing is better. They, you know, whatever and I'm like, Well I'm I say I'm being honest and they says, yeah, you're being honest. And then they started saying, and they, and they knew some people I was dating. They says, does that sister 
who who you call your main squeeze. I, you know, I had a main squeeze, but she knew I could date. And they said, that sister, they said, is she dating anyone? And I was like, well, she's free to. They said, but is she? I said, she's free. They said, is she? And I'm like, no, from what I could tell, no. Then they started going back to some other ladies I had dated who had been in the same position, and they said, they only see you. And they said, so what good is it for you to tell them the truth if you know you're the only one that's going to be dating outside of the relationship because that's the same results. And it put me on notice that even just being honest is not enough. It was the first time I was hit with that. I didn't flip the script immediately, but I know from 18 to 25, I believe that just being honest was enough. And it wasn't until that day I realized <laughs> There's manipulation even in my honesty. And I, I wanted to bring that to the mm-hmm. table because mm-hmm. that's something, a conversation I got to have with my daughter. And I, you know, get in a uh, social graph, like I hear you, you know, nodding or whatever. Let me let you jump in <laughs> first before I hear from both the kings. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm so glad you brought this up. Um, I, I totally agree with you. I, um, I recently, let me tell you a, a short story. My ex husband and I were, were like best friends. Uh, like we were together 14 years. And so we talk about everything. He was dating a woman from New York and she wanted more uh, out of the relationship. And she's been wanting more for a long time. Needless to say, they're in somewhat of a situation because he's not, he doesn't want a real relationship. She does. She puts up with it. Um, I've been in that situation and I've done that several times. However, looking at my history and my past and learning things about myself, my daddy issues and all of that, I recognize the reasons I tolerated those relationships. And I think that, and I told my ex-husband, I said, you have, you still have a responsibility to her mental state because she still is emotionally invested in this. She wants more and you know this. You are aware of this. And there is something deeper with her, in her that is making her stay mm-hmm. in a situation that she does not want. She is not well. She is not well. And I have to say that because I take into account mental illness, mm-hmm. depression, all these things that come into play, and then the suffering and the trauma from daddy issues and wanting love and desperation and not, you know, loving yourself enough. There's so many things. I said, you as a man, I told my ex-husband, you as a man still have a responsibility to this situation. Yes, you're being honest with her. You're seeing other people. You're doing whatever you want to do, but you know what she wants. Look, if you're poly, say you're poly. Tell her that. If she's not poly, leave her alone. If she doesn't want the same thing that you want, it's unfair and you need to leave her. You need to be the one. You're the bigger person here. You need to walk away from the situation and not just enjoy the benefits of the relationship and what you get out of it because it's wrong. And let me say this real quick before I let either one of them, either Chuck or Jason, whoever wants to jump in first. I want to give one more real-life scenario because I didn't, again, it was the first time it ever put me on notice that me being honest wasn't all I needed to do. Uh, But, again, I didn't learn the lesson immediately. And I I will say um, one thing that has has worked in my favor is being such an honest person, generally speaking, when I have dated people, Often I think the honesty has been part of the reason that me and a lot of those sisters in the past, um, not so much now, I'm older, but I'm just saying at the time, we were able to typically remain friends because they could look back on it and say, you know, even though sometimes they wanted more, kind of similar to what Soul Scribe is um, describing here. And, you know, again, at that point, when they really got, when it really became a, a bigger issue for them, I, would, I, would, I wouldn't just keep it stringing along at that point. Sounds like you know. Sounds like your ex husband may be doing that. So I, you know, due to mm-hmm. due to the my friends putting me on notice, so I got better at least 
of jumping out of it once it got to that kind of pressure moment. But I remember this one mm-hmm. sister, again, I've always been a very honest person, and I remember this one sister that I met, and she really took a liking to me. And early on, I kind of realized, and I'm, I'm, I've been, you know, wanting to be married for a long time myself, but I, I kind of remember early on, as much as I liked about her, I didn't think I could marry her. And I shared that with her from the beginning. Matter of fact, I'll even add this to the context. Um, I was just getting to know her, spending time. I like to have feminine energy. I wasn't even sexually active at the time she wanted to be. And so as a man, I'm not going to say no. So that's kind of how it went. And so long story long story short, um, during that time for about a couple of years, she would fly to wherever I lived, that kind of thing, from time to time. Again, knowing that she, we couldn't have a scenario, and she eventually met someone to marry or whatever. And um, she didn't share that with me, and we had been close friends, and it got to the point where we had stopped the sex part, but I still was there for her for a lot of stuff. Again, we were we were friends. And she didn't share that with me, and I was kind of like, I'm surprised. I thought I heard it from somebody else. I didn't hear it from you. And what she said to me, and I'll never forget this, and this, this is aptly, aptly applies to this morning's discussion. She said to me, she goes, yeah, you were very honest, but I don't remember that period as a good time in my life because I wanted yeah. more, yeah. and you didn't. And I struggled with, my back and forth with whether, you know, to be with you. And so although I would do it, I don't remember that as a mm-hmm. good period in my life. It was like the first time I had a situation where mm. a sister did not want to remain friends with me, even with my honesty. Um, Jason, I think I heard you say a little something. Go mm-hmm. ahead. You know, so it's, it's interesting. Um, and that's why I said it, there was some manipulation in there. Um, and I, and I, I had to realize it. No one ever brought it to me. I just thought, I saw, I was like, man, these people want more than what I want to give. And because I know, I have to do better, right? So I've had conversations with my, my younger brother, his friends going to college. I was like, you know, I said, you know, you can get what you want with honesty, but every, understand you have a responsibility to the other per- person because they, you know in your heart of heart they want something different even though they may not say it. And, you know, that's for me. I just said, you know what, I, I had to stop because even though I was in a position that I was straight up, it still wasn't right, right, because I knew that that, that responsibility was had. Um, and, you know, that's the conversation also to have with uh, my daughters and my sons. Like, when you know better, you have to do better. When you know in the back of your mind um, that that other person wants something that you're willing not willing to give, that's when the manipulation comes. That's when you're 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 taking advantage of a situation that you probably need to step away from and be the the more mature person because clearly you understand something that they don't understand and they're hoping that a change comes. And nine times out of ten, people are not going to change until they're ready to change. So you have to separate yourself from the situation. And I, I had to have that conversation with myself. I mean, and, and as much fun as I was having at the time in college, it probably it, it, it was for the somebody, best. Hold on, every, second, hold on every, every person somebody has something in the background. If you can mute yourself while you're doing that, if you don't mind. I'm sorry. Go ahead, King. No, it's a, you know for the for the best of all situations, as much fun and. 
And, you know, I was like, I thought, I'm, since I'm being honest, it's all good. But, you know, deep down in my soul, I was like, you know what, this ain't right. Um, according to your point, you had to tell your ex-husband the same thing. And I think we all know it deep down is like, all right, they want something more than I'm willing to give. And even when your friend told you, let told me just you, throw that out to you. King, I did not know better. Had my my boy well, had you, you checked me to put. I'm, that, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not saying. trying to justify. Once, once I just you, want you to be aware of how you. unaware I was at that time of my life. Of I, I literally thought highly of myself for being the guy who doesn't manipulate. I would test Chuck and all my other friends, and that's kind of where all of them got to. We didn't play the typical manipulative how to get in her draws game. We were up front. I, I led the way with that and thought I was doing something until my boys checked me. And I, so I didn't even know deep down. I had no concept because my father had come in my life in my high school years, I'm so grateful for it, and it made a big difference in my life. But my same father also told me how to play two girls, too. So I didn't get the example that y'all have spoke about for your daughters and your sons this morning. And so I'm just throwing out, there's probably other guys who are doing that with no clue, even deep down. And I'm not saying it's okay, but I think it's very imperative, as you just mentioned, that this is part of the game you must give your daughter to. And I'm saying this nuance Absolutely. is what's not, in my opinion, is not the nuance that y'all that people are giving to their daughters. Because if they were, then those daughters would hopefully, with enough game, maybe not fall for our honesty as well, if, if, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, it's like giving them another notch and saying, hey, even a good brother might do this to you. Like, that's another piece of the game we can give to our daughters, Absolutely. in my opinion. Go, um, yeah, go ahead, um, subscribe. No, I'm just agreeing. I'm just absolutely. Well, what, what, uh, and I, yeah, I anything for you, King? Respect. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Jason. You were talking. Uh, I'll come on after you. No, I, yeah, I just was saying, I think totally, I mean, like, take the word game out and all that. I think it goes back to respect. The things that you will tolerate, I think we need to teach even as a young lady, if they see this man is saying he's will, he's going to date other people, you have to respect yourself enough and say, this is not what I want. When my wife and I started dating, we were <laughs> deliberate about communicating. I told her, I'm not having any more kids. Not, 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 that I don't, not just that I don't want to. I medically took procedures to say I'm not going to have any more kids. I, I told her specifically, I and I intend on getting married again in my life because I was married before. Um, and, you know, it was up front. I had to respect myself enough to, say, to know if she said that she wanted kids and she wa- I'm not the man for her. She had to respect herself enough to say, you know, you know, there's some things that he said are up front that he's not willing to do or willing to do. And if I want that, she would have to walk away from that situation. So I think we have to teach going back to that root word, respect of ourselves and what you're willing to deal with, what you're willing not to deal with um, in, you know, relationships with men and women. And those are the types of things that we need to teach our daughters to respect themselves enough to be able to walk away because there are other options out there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think all the points have been exceptionally valid and very true. I think we're kind of all on the same page. I think if, if we if we look at it uh, as men in our situation, I think initially it was ignorance. We were ignorant. You you, you talked about it, Smitty. I know I felt the same way. Uh, you know, I, I remember. You know, you know, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say it now, but I used to talk about how I had a basketball team. You know, five starters and three on the bench, <laughs> and everybody played their role, and everybody knew what their role was. And and it, I, I felt like I was him, being son. honest. I wasn't gonna tell him. You just you know what I'm talking We up here trying to have starting fires and reserves. Oh, oh, I, like, I, I, I ain't spilling that much tea. But I can't leave you out there by yourself. We was out there bragging about having starting fires and reserves. Oh my gosh! And we used to have and we used to have debates. We used to have debates about, you know, you know, because my, my basketball was team was, uh, I mean, was off. crazy. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I was a Jordan fan, so my best player had to be my shooting guard, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, um, but that was ignorance then. And then once we got an understanding, we started talking about the understanding. You know, uh, we talked initially about, or at least I spoke initially about the fact that the that the girls who were running around had the overprotective fathers, and we saw that growing up. And so that was one of my goals, not to be that overprotective father that she can't come and speak to. So then with that understanding, though, we actually did take that and use that to our advantage. We were literally being ignorant and selfish when we would say that, yeah, I was being honest. They know that I'm only not, I'm not only ex- exclusively dating you and, and, and feeling good about ourselves, but knowing that we were literally just taking advantage and being selfish. And then once we matured, that's when we got to to a point where we can say, okay, you know what? If if we know that this young lady wants more than that, then I I gotta be mature and I've gotta separate myself from this, and 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 because she's not going to, and maybe it's because of those daddy issues that we knew about. Yeah, absolutely, and, let's, and and the safe space because again we again we're not proud of those ignorant years of, of having those conversations, right? But you are the same brother, and I didn't even know this was gonna come up, but it just makes sense based on what we're talking about. You are the same brother. I'll never forget that I ended up having conversations some years ago that I've never forgot. And I don't know what, what – I forgot what we was talking about or what led to us to have this conversation, but you had an experience in your life where you were pretty much tired of misogynistic approaches all the way down to you were saying we can't even be silent when other men are doing it, even though we have – held ourselves accountable and we've moved to a point where we're not treating women in these manipulative ways that we just spoke about. Obviously, like you said, we were sticking our chest out because we were honest, but we also the same men that held ourselves accountable and kept reaching for standards to move past even those, as you said, ignorant and dumb years. But in doing so, I I don't know if you recall, um, but you definitely, definitely had a conversation saying, Hey, we can't even be silent when other men are doing it because what we admitted to was this, as much as we have moved to a good space, what happens when you are amongst the guys, and Jason, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, when you are amongst the guys, well, you don't want to look like you're not cool, even though you may not be doing the stuff they're still, what we consider immature and still on. I mean, you, you know, we, you know, you could be 45 and still a grown-ass boy, right? And so, um, but we talked about how we would get in those circles and sometimes be solid versus challenging those guys to think, on the level that you know we have gotten to, let me check time. We maybe up against. Yeah, let me do. Let me do this. Let me do a quick break, and I want to hear all of y'all thoughts about 
that aspect of this as well. Again, I think this is all game for our daughters, our sons too as well, but obviously with that focus, um, I want to hear y'all thoughts on that. But let me go to this break as well. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Did you know that 53% of violent crimes against individuals occur between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m.? That's over half during the daylight hours. What would you do if someone threatened you with a weapon? Don't get caught unprepared. Call your personal safety experts, B-Champs, for their street smart training. If you are a business owner, did you know that businesses are losing over $36 billion annually because their employees are victimized by violence? And over 80% of the violence takes place in parking lots and garages. In many instances, the perpetrator could have easily been warded off with B-Champs Street Smart Training. So whether you are a small private group or a large business, B-Champs offers a personal safety program to fit your needs. Contact them directly at 770-643-1286. Again, that number is 770-643-1286 or visit their website at d-champsllc.com. If you're looking to purchase or sell a home in Atlanta's competitive real estate market, there's only one real estate agent we call on, Ephraim Abdullah. Not only is he honest and straightforward, but he has a proven, repeatable strategy that consistently gets his clients the homes they wanted versus their second or third choice. What's Elfram's secret? His virtual on-the-spot offer moves his clients to the front of the line for purchases. And for sales, his no-nonsense approach gets your home sold and off the market. For a results-oriented real estate experience, contact Elfram Abdullah, a licensed agent powered by EXP Realty at 770-800-7922. Again, that number is 770-800-7922. I have taught her that a man should never hit a woman. Now, her mother would like to add that she really shouldn't ever hit anybody, but I have taught her that a man should never hit a woman. Consider my genes a mark of Cain. You will suffer seven times whatever you do to her, and she will not keep your secret. You can't make fire feel afraid. I have been teaching her love all of her life. And all that I ask is that you continue the lesson. Love her. Befriend her. Protect her. Be there when I can't. And when my body gives up to the grave, let the grin that eternity carves into my face be a reflection of the peace that your love brings to her. And we should get along just fine. Addendum. To the girls who may one day date my daughter. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk my Show. My wife um, yeah. is a better shot than I am.
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Soul Scribe. This morning's discussion question, what do fathers teach their daughters about boys? We just heard a, another cut. It, again, takes us in an interesting direction. We've already touched on some of it. Um, but right before the break, I kind of um, challenged everyone, uh, you know, with one further thought along the lines of, in a sense, what we were uh, just discussing. Uh, and if you if you, do, if you can kind of recall what your thoughts were, anybody can kind of jump in um, if you recall kind of where I was going before the break. Uh, yeah, I wanted well, to definitely jump in. Um, I wanted to say we do have a responsibility. Um, you know, Maya Angelou said when you learn something, you teach something. And um, we all have a responsibility to our community. If you, <clears throat> excuse me, if you think about the mental dialogue in the platform, and it's about marriage and, you know, families and things like that, you know, everything that we do affects another person. And if we want our community to truly heal, we have to start by teaching. And, yeah, it's important for guys to realize it's wrong or women, whoever, to pass on the knowledge that they've learned. And so I definitely would say whatever you've learned, share it, you know, teach it. And, you know, in the long run, it can only be good for our community. If we want, we want our children getting married and buying houses and working together in a village, then we have to show them how to do that. And that starts with how we treat each other and respect each other and love each other. So. No, absolutely. And so, you know, and, and Jason, I want you to kind of jump on it again because uh, Chuck and I have had that conversation I was mentioning before the break. And it's just this idea of, again, when we say what do we tell our daughters in a sense, is, is there a way, in a sense, to make our world safer by stepping up and not just being fitting in and being cool? Because as I just mentioned, as, as these same brothers made me into a better man, I did not always find myself willing to step up in certain environments to say, hey, that's that's not cool because you, you never know that, you know, these same guys I'm with may be raising the sons that, that have to contend with my children one day. And, and, and if I don't put, you know, a little a little seed in their brain, and they raise, uh, you know, more sons doing the misogynistic BS that me and CL talked about, uh, you know, in 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 our years, um, you know, kind of right after college. Um, any any thoughts on that, King? You know, it's, it's it's interesting. My favorite quote is, "You can't solve a problem with the same mindset used to create it." Right. So you talked about being cool and trying to be cool. Like, if we want to be successful, we have to step out of that because those groups of people that will deem you uncool for challenging them to be different are the same folks that are stuck in the old mindset, right? If we want to change how our communities are, are approaching, we have to have the audacity to believe that we can step out of that. And, you know, they said that that nerdy kid was not cool, but that nerdy kid is Steve Jobs and, and Mark Zuckerberg and, and Bill Gates. They stepped out from a of a level of success in their communities. We have to be that person that has the audacity to believe we can do something different and challenge the the immature ways. We have to be able to say, "Nah, brother, that ain't it." Just like we would say, you know, you probably don't want to go ride with that dude that's going to go rob that liquor store because you're going to be an accessory after the fact. You have to say, right. you know what? You're 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 doing something wrong. You're manipulating someone. What would you do if they did that to your sister or your daughter? So we have to be the voice because if, if we're not going to be the voice, who will be? Who will challenge that group of guys that think that's the right way to do it? 
Um, and and that's the only way we're going to be able to change this dynamic that's become cyclical because it's, it's a learned behavior. It's what people are used to doing and what we're used to thinking is cool. We have to reimagine what the new cool is. Yep, I always say, you know, our community lost um, when it became commercially cool to refer to the black woman as a bitch um, via our music. And I don't, like, unlike some, I don't blame the music um, specifically, uh, but it definitely perpetuates uh, some of these sentiments that, the, or, you know, in a sense, for, for, you know, the reasons that we're having to have, you know, some of these discussions. And these discussions have had to go on well before hip-hop existed. So, again, it's not to blame the music, but, again, uh, we definitely have to have those conversations. Here's what I want to go, because uh, um, Chuck has to go um, after this next segment. So I do want to approach this and let people listening hear it from men. So the concept of respecting yourself and how you carry yourselves, and, you know, we are in the, the, the sexual revolution era of, you know, 50 years from it now. And so uh, it's definitely, I think we can admit, just to, I just want to hear y'all thoughts on this, but it's definitely easier to have sex, uh, it was for us, and it's even become easier for the next generation. So in a sense of having respect for themselves, uh, I def, I'm a part of this one marriage group that still advocates highly to raise daughters in a sense, to wait till marriage for sex. So I just wanted to hear y'all thoughts on that. And, and they're not doing it from a religious standpoint. Uh, they give some reasons that I think are relatively valid. The more I learn it, um, I, I definitely have a perspective about it, but I want to hear uh, both of the fathers. Again, I don't have a daughter, child right now, but I want to hear both of your perspective on, I'm pretty sure you would be proud to hear that your daughter may have done that, uh, but what are your thoughts in, again, teaching her to respect herself as, as have you ever had that conversation with your daughters? Maybe that's the question I'll start with. Um, um, Chuck, we'll start with you. So I definitely had this conversation with my daughter. And from one of the things, you know, there are obviously lots of levels to this. And our society and the changes in our society have a uh, huge role in this as well. Um Obviously, every father would want to hear that his daughter waited until she was married. And society puts pressures on all kids, not just daughters, but everybody that sex is okay. And and, and so it's, it's not taboo like it used to be. Um, my biggest concern is that it's the emotions that are tied to it that are the issue. And so more than anything else, you know, our young girls and young boys, for that matter, are not emotionally mature enough to, to handle the consequences of it or even understand what it means and, and how uh, giving yourself to somebody else and how that affects you. And so my biggest concern is literally, and, and, and this is what I shared with her, is that, you know what, you, you need to wait until you're mature and ready. And hopefully that would mean marriage. But at the very least, maybe it's at least with someone that you love, you've been in a relationship with them, they're special, and it's something that you all can do when you, when you guys are ready uh, versus doing anything where you look back 20 years from now and regret that. You can look back 20 years from now and say, even if that relationship didn't work out, that was still a special time with a special person. Jason? Oh, um, yeah, that, this, this is a heavy part, I think, um, because you have to think about that coming up. But for me, it's 
And I, I think I take a different approach. I won't tell them to wait till they get married. But to Chuck's point, every action and every 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 privilege has a responsibility. Right? You have the privilege to go ahead and do the things. Are you able mentally and emotionally to respect to to accept the responsibilities that come after that? Right? It's more than just the potential of having a baby or an STD. It's the emotional connection that is locked with that person. It's all all of those different things. So I would wait. I would tell them similar to Chuck to wait until you are ready for everything that comes with that action. Um, and it may not particularly be until they're married because I mean if they could it could be fifty they could be fifty years old before they end up getting married and you know there's some things that they may not be experienced with and they they want to be experienced with. So I won't limit it to that, but I would limit it to make sure that you are emotionally ready, mentally ready for all of the 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 potential responsibilities that come after engaging in sex. Um, I mean, that's a challenge, you know. I, I don't want to, yeah. you know, to own their bodies and different things, but be ready for the responsibility. Yeah, I don't know if anybody knows that. So, Scribe, any thoughts? I mean, you have children as well. Any thoughts on that line of thinking for your oh. son and daughter? Um, um, definitely. I will I will sort of piggyback what he just said about that, you know, I think that we have to communicate and we have to have conversations more about sex and intimacy with our children. Um, I would say growing up, sex has always been such a taboo conversation in the black community, you know, everything from sex masturbation, all that stuff is conversations that we don't have with our children. So they're going out there clearly, you know, and we need to talk about soul ties and spirituality. We need to talk about, you know, protection, the consequences, you know, pregnancy, you know, every time you sleep with someone, there's that possibility. So, you know, it's just the education and, ha- and not being afraid to have those conversations. We just need to push that, that same message, you know, throughout our community. No, I love it. Well, Chuck, I know you have to go. Um, but thank you for uh amazing time with us. Definitely appreciate um, your three cents all this morning. So, King, I appreciate you all up against the break. But I definitely wanted to say thank you before you left. If, you, if there's anything you want to share with anybody, you definitely can say it uh, right now. But, again, thanks, thanks for being with us this morning. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, always a, a, a great opportunity to uh, speak in in a circle of intelligent, progressive, forward-thinking Black folks. And uh, so I'm definitely happy that I had this opportunity to do that. I do think that in summary, we just talk about the fact that um, when it comes to uh, us raising our children, father to daughter, mother to son children in general is that it's just got to be open and honest and we've got to be able to empower them uh, to, to be able to speak to us too because um, if they're getting their information from somebody else we don't know if that other person truly loves them and wants what's best for them if they're getting their information from us we know we absolutely love them and want what's best for them and so that's what we should strive to do hey thanks a lot king we're up against the break we'll be right back and come up with some final thoughts if you're on the line you can still get in press one the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You do need to press 1. Let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. 
face. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, Pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, once again. If you have a product or a service you want to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please give me a call directly, 404-604-9477. Follow us on Facebook. You can also inbox me there, uh, Mental Dialogue. Facebook is Mental Dialogue. Or at IG, mental underscore dialogue, you can inbox me there for opportunity to advertise on our platform. If you're an individual and want to support the return of Intelligent Radio, please go to mentaldialogue.com, become a $5 a month supporter. Uh, we'll definitely uh, send you some gifts for becoming a supporter. We do need the support to keep this type of radio on the air. I'm fortunate enough to have my co-host, special guest co-host, Subscribe on the line with me as well as Jason Warner is still with us uh, for this morning's discussion question. What do fathers teach their daughters about boys? I wanted to delve a little further before I get our final thoughts on this last segment. I wanted to delve a little deeper about the pressure. Uh, when it's, Again, we're talking about what do we teach our daughters about boys, the pressure that society still, in a sense, places on women. And it's kind of in reference to what we just talked about um, you know, and again, not necessarily, as you said, Jason, the way all the way in a sense to, ma- to marriage, even though, again, I am part of this group that makes a pretty good argument for, in a sense, why that is best. And I'm not going to bring all that to the table because it's a whole other show. Uh, but at the same time, the reality is there's still definitely somewhat of pr- this pressure specifically on, on in a sense, the, the, the women, right, your daughters, in the sense of, in a sense that they're giving their bodies away, whereas the concept for the for us as men is in a sense we're taking something, and and it, and it comes down to physical, right? I'm 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 entering her in in that sense. So there's a lot of concepts that add to it. Some of it's obviously based in patriarchy, and that becomes an issue for a lot of people. However, again, when we say what we would want for our children, we usually side with 
the refrain, uh, you know, like as I just said, until you're ready. But you know, you know, when are you really ready? Again, that's a a whole other conversation. One thing I'll say, and I want to hear both of your thoughts on this, is I definitely was always intrigued by sisters who did refrain until they were older, um, and I would always ask them, you know, what 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 did your parents, you know, say to you? That made you this way. Some some response was, well, my sister got pregnant early, and I saw how she got treated, so I just didn't want to be treated that way. You know, that was kind of their real life perspective. But I remember this one sister that her parents drove. I think her mother and her father drove this in her head, which was pretty simple, but it seemed to be very effective. Uh, which was, sex should happen between two people who love each other, and these little boys in high school are not old enough to love you. <laughs> and that really worked. So they kept her busy, kept her in sports, and, and you know, obviously they gave her all boys want is one thing. They're not wise enough. They're not mature enough to really love you despite what they say. And so she rolled with that. Like, boy, get out of here. Like, that was a perspective that, you know, for this particular sister I'm thinking of, she was in college for her, her first boyfriend, you know, in college, I think, later in college, not even freshman year type situation, was her first situation. And it was a, ended up being a long-term dating situation, you know, for a number of years. But that's what, in a sense, had her respect herself and wait because I agree with her parents. In high school, and again, I'm not just belaboring puppy love because I still feel like my first love was real love, even in the seventh grade. But at the same time, too immature to love someone properly to engage in sex. Uh, any thoughts from either one of you on that? I would say, um, no, I agree. When you're younger, it's, it's, you know, a lot of it's infatuation, um, but it feels, you know, you feel all bubbly inside and everything. But um, I, I waited until I was in college um, before I ever, you know, engaged in, in sex. And I would say that part of that was my fear. Um, as you, I might have mentioned, both both my parents were heavily into drugs, and so they were not really in my life. And so my grandmother kept me busy in church. And then when I was in school, you know, in church, I was in Sunday school. I was in church. I was singing in the choir. I was in, like, the girls' red circle group. I was, I was in the drill team. I was doing so many things that I stayed busy um, and being in the church so much, you know, they, you know, the whole uh, fornication thing was, was a sin. It is a sin. And so that was my thing. I didn't want to sin and I did not want to get pregnant. That was the biggest thing. My grandmother was like, don't bring no babies in my house. So, you know, for me, it was like, and then I looked at my mom, she had me when she was like 14 years old and I looked at her life and I never wanted to be like my mother. And so for me, that was the thing that kept me from, you know, um, wanting to, you know, even have sex. So I was like, oh, my God, if I have sex, I'm going to get pregnant, <laughs> you know? So that was because that was all I knew, you know? It didn't go deeper. They didn't really go deeper into why, you know, respect yourself, love yourself. This is what happened. I didn't have that knowledge or background, but I didn't have enough fear in me that I didn't want my life to turn out, you know, the wrong way, the consequences right. of what I've seen my, mo- my mother go through as well as the religious aspect aspect of it. So, um, but yeah, in today's society, it's really hard when sex is everywhere and everyone's doing it, you know, all the way to middle schoolers, you know, I think that we have to have those conversations as we mentioned earlier about spirituality and the different consequences that come from it, because, you know, in, in actuality, men are not just 
taking, <laughs> they're giving, they're exchanging their energy, they're taking on the spiritual aspect of it. And, you know, when you, when you sleep with someone and they're depressed and they're, they're not, well, that exchange could happen to you. And, and when people really, when you go deep and you start teaching on a deeper level, the physical aspect, I think you can really make a difference in the way that children view their, their bodies and the, the act of sex. Yeah, I say this, and I'll let you jump in, Jason. Let me say this very quickly. Um, I know, you know, just a similar story. My mother had me at 14, same as your mother, and I know she always said nobody had ever said anything to her uh, about sex, you know what I mean, when she, you know, right. back in 73, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, got pregnant at 13 and had me at 14, but she had, nobody had ever said a thing to her, you know, outside of, you know, being, we were raised in the South, outside of, you know, it's a sin and don't do it, you know what I mean? That's all she had ever heard, nothing right. else, no specific conversations. Mm-hmm. And obviously naive and, you know, obviously had me at 14. So definitely a similar situation there. Uh, one other thing that we do advocate, you see, even throw this out for the Mental Dialogue platform, and I think you've seen me write about this before, uh, so start on the IG page, is um, now that we have experienced the, the cycle that Jason referred to earlier, this cycle of, the, you know, why we even having to have this conversation now that we've experienced this cycle, I think it's smart for us as a community now to look at the results that we're living out and say, okay, maybe what we've been doing is not the smartest. And so <laughs> similar to what you're saying, Soul Squad, we definitely push. All of us could use a few less bodies if, if we've grown up in this right. hip-hop generation <laughs> where it was cool to have bodies, where it was cool to have a starting five as dumb as that was for, you know, for me, uh, you know, as a young, you know, man in the military you know, taking advantage of being selfish, as, as, as um, CL talked about. But if I'm fortunate enough to have a son and a daughter, I want both of them to realize everything that you just said. And adding bodies for the sake of adding bodies, I would even go as far as to say to my children, other than a legacy marriage position, because, you know, I also push marriage before children. Again, I can't put that on everybody. But I know I will lay out to my children, here's the benefits, you know, of setting up a, le- a legacy without the dysfunction of a bunch of past bad relationships because you were careless and doing what society is doing, and I don't. I want you to be a leader, not follow what society does. Any thoughts on that, um, Jason? I know you do because you're excellent with this kind of stuff. Well, so you know, part of it is I, I definitely agree that marriage before children. Um, you know, when I was. Uh, so, like I told you in the beginning, I had two biological children, two bonus children, four total. Um, my first wife, we waited three years before having children. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I truly believe in that and um, having that unit because just like it takes two people to have a child, it takes two people or more to raise a child. Um, and that's, I think, a, like we can go off in tangents about that um, in a whole another show. But also, you know, when it talks about when we talk about these pressures, right? Um, you know, I teach my children, um, my girls, my boys, like they're leaders, um, and they lead from the front. They don't have to follow the crowd. Uh, we expose them to a lot of different scenarios. We talk about consequences of their actions, um, and they don't have to just fit into the crowd. Uh, but we also know that they live in a world where it's all thrown to them, right? It's all in their face. They YouTube, social media, any any and everything that they see is over-sexualized. 
and the friends at the schools, unless we put them in a bubble, they're not going to be immune to it. So, you know, it's, it's ha- going back to having these open conversations with them um, about making smart decisions and letting them understand even if they make a decision that wasn't so smart, I'm there, their mom's there, their village is there to help support them throughout that, um, not trying to make it seem such a pressure situation, but, like, we're here to get this right together. Um, and and right. I think that's the most important thing that we can do for our children and for our communities is just, you know, be open to growth because none of us are perfect. No, absolutely. Well, thank you. Both of you, thanks to Chuck Laney, who had to leave on the last segment. So I think we are in the last minute, 30 seconds. Um, so, Scott, I know you always got performance. So if there's anything you want to throw out real quick before we get off the air, thank you, Queen, for helping me co-host this show this morning. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I don't have any shows coming up, um, but I do have a new business that I, I'm focusing on. We're helping uh, poets and spoken word artists with uh, their marketing and management as well. It's uh, Spit Marketing. Um, and management company, so you guys can follow me on Instagram and Facebook and things like that to keep up with me. And thank you. Well, absolutely, Jason. Anything you want to get out before we go? We got about ten seconds. Make it quick. Man, I'm just, I'm just again happy to always be here. Um, you know, I'm everything on the vision. Uh, at on the vision on social media, you can follow me personally, Jason L. Warner. Um, getting ready for this school year. Um, just became the PTA president at the high school. So fully engaged, definitely looking for volunteers there to help um, build new villages, especially in our community schools. Um, that's all I got. Thanks again, always, brother. All right. Thank you. Nice Great show. See you all next. All I ask is that you think. See you all next Saturday.